Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Good afternoon everyone. Um, yeah, another Tuesday tune in today. Got a cracking episode today. Um, all around, well, uh, it, it, before we go any further actually Dave. Happy birthday. It's Dave's birthday today. Look at him. He's on the live. Thank you very um, much. <laughs> people didn't even know, didn't even need telling Dave. They were already oh, there. Uh... Again, loads of birthday wishes. I didn't even know everyone knew. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Namaste and Oosh. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, um... heaps of guys on here uh, and ladies as well. We've got uh, Ramona, James, Mark, Marky V. Good to see you on, mate. Julie, Suzette, Laura, Jim, Simon, Sital, Paula. Obviously, Evertrex on here. Joel, Andy. Uh, we got Leah all the way from Australia. We got Nuj all the way from Nepal. Uh, we got Paula, Asha, Andrew, Mick all the way from Penavan. Only joking, Mick. Usually you're at Penavan. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Bernie as well. Yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, great to see so many people on. If you have joined us, do say hello. Do drop us a little comment. Give us a little thumbs up, wave, uh, even a little birthday cake if you want to wish uh, Dave a happy birthday. But Dave, yeah, mate, I can't believe 48 today, isn't it? Uh, well, something like that, mate. Yeah, it feels like 48. I, you know, I've got the knees of a 48-year-old now, but um, actually, that's a bit mean, isn't it? A 78-year-old, I should say. But no, yeah, it's good. Also wanted to say thank you to Leah for the crutch recommendation. Ordered myself the exact same nice. set that she recommended. So um, hopefully I've been trying to get back to everyone that sent me an email and stuff like that. But um, mm. there were so many. Honestly, it's so weird. But um, for everyone to say thank you. But no, yeah, thank you very much for my birthday wishes, everyone. About a good day so far you know what better way to spend it than be on the live <laughs> i know dave i did say you know dave it's okay you can have a day off but he just loves the tuesday tune-ins yeah and um, also um gotta go and uh gotta go meet my surgeon later as well so <laughs> it's an awesome little birthday i've got planned <laughs> <laughs> good man good man yeah well look uh, you know cheers for cheers for being with us dave and uh yeah hopefully we'll take on all of the the questions that um uh, we've had in today we've had a few early on lauren has uh, dropped them uh we got them on the old phone here so we got a couple come through but yeah any other questions guys about anything at all trekking related um birthday related knee related uh anything at all do drop them in the comments that's what we're here for yeah. um and yeah with uh, how do we start dave obviously it's around mindset today mountain mindset because it's may the 4th and david's like we've got to do a star wars one it's may the 4th star wars day how do we link that into trekking? Yeah. Well, it's, it's quite easy, Dave, isn't it? It's not too far different, right? No, yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, it's um, it, uh, May the 4th day. May the 4th be with you. Never gets old on your birthday. Um, <laughs> I have had only Star Wars cards for the last 30 years. Um, actually, that's not true. Andy got me a Back to the Future one, so that's good. Um, really hope he can. Well, that's in the, that's the, in the past uh, now. Yeah, if you could send me three weeks prior and ask me not to go on a bike ride, that'd be awesome, please, mate. Um, but, but, but no, we wanted to do it because we thought, well, you know, uh, about the force and stuff like that. And then we yeah. always like to kind of link things in. And we were thinking, well, actually, the force is kind of real if we're talking about things. And um, it may not be shooting lightning from your fingers and stuff like that. But yeah. given what you can achieve and what you can do using just the power of your mind is something that's really important. Yeah. And we have always said that you know th there's a lot of lot of questions that we get before people want to go on a trip and yeah. they're all problems or, or perceived problems that they have that aren't really solved by buy this set of boots use poles go here go there it's yeah. actually in order to solve the problem you have to just get them thinking in a slightly different way um the most exactly. common example is can i do every space camp uh well i'm deathly afraid of heights you know am i too yeah. old to go on this trip what happens if i slow the group down and that's all before you go and then when you're there things might get tough and things might get difficult and it's about um you know channeling that sort of drive to kind of do it and we always say you know the mind can achieve amazing things whether that's climb everest or climb your everest you know which yeah. might be learning to walk again or passing your driving test or doing any any type of thing like that um, it's so much easier if sort of mind and body are in perfect harmony. Exactly, Dave. And I obviously I don't want to sort of keep sort of bringing this back to to your injury, Dave, from a couple of weeks ago. I know we've um, you know it's all I mean it's, it's the closest thing we we were talking about it um, you know before, before the live and essentially 
you know, Dave, obviously you're quite a low point after the injury. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it's, you know, it's been a bit of a journey over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, yeah. you've got some, uh, you, you're kind of on that road now to, to, to the recovery, essentially. Okay, yeah. you've got a few more, uh, you've got a few, some big obstacles to come. But, you know, your mindset has changed a little bit now. And like, like you said there about learning to walk again, I think, okay, I, I, you know, like yourself over the last couple of weeks, you haven't been able to do the things that you used to do. No. And now that's kind of, you know, that little bit of perspective now has, has made you think about that. But, you know, I've noticed a difference even, you know, how you're feeling now is like, you know, I, I see it's the usual day. Like, you, know, you come in, you're full of beans. And it's, uh, you know, that, that's really inspiring to see. But I think when we were talking off live, it was around that all the things that people go through and yeah, you know, it, like Dave said, you not really force light in anything like that, not force push, but all the things you can use to power your way to get into where you need to get to. Um, and we always talk about the muscle in the uh, between, between the ears, most important yeah. muscle. I know it's not a muscle, but you know, you know, if, if you get there where I'm coming from, um, it's really important to get that in the right place. Cause if you get that in the right place, you know, I mean, our belief is that anyone can do what they want to do essentially um okay i know there's you know there's certain obstacles in the way that we like to think we can help with that um but essentially yeah if you wanted to get to summit kilimanjaro you want to get to <clears throat> aconcagua everest base camp you know big goals um or even perceived big goals because when you get there you realize okay that, that was cool. yeah. what's next you know what's the next challenge um and and just doing that makes you realize you know you, you can just push yourself to to achieve things you, you you can do it yeah exactly um, i mean i remember like after the my knee exploded on the mountain like that saturday yeah. that it happened so it happened saturday afternoon saturday night was probably the lowest point and then i remember thinking like you know that it, it's it's you know it's a, first of all a bit of perspective it's not the end of the world it's just a knee you know yeah. um it's not my spine or my head or my heart or anything i can't do without it's just a knee you know, it will repair itself or I'll have a new one put in. Either way, you know, it's not the end of the world. And secondly, I thought I'm making this journey so much harder on myself by being down and negative about it and thinking about all the things that I can't do right now. It's not that yeah. I'll never do them again, but I can't run, I can't walk, I can't uh, drive a manual, <laughs> I can't ride my bike, you know. So I was uh, getting a bit bogged down in sort of the, you know, the what I can't do instead of focusing on what I should be doing. You know, yeah. which is obviously nice. the rehab, the looking after it. I mean, it's early doors yet, but, you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, maybe I'll have the operation. So that's step one, get that done. Yeah. Then step two is, okay, I'm going to treat my knee like I would any challenge. I'm going to rehab it. I want it to be better than it was before I had the accident. Okay, so that's challenge two. And then, you know, set myself another goal. So I want to do Tupgal, hopefully by November, get myself back into climbing mountains and high altitude and then Aconcagua then next year, <laughs> you know, so all from all off the back of a knee injury. And that's just a little, you know, a snapshot of, you know, my perspective, but it can yeah. be anything. It doesn't even have to be an injury. It can be a fear, something that's holding you back from doing something because you're scared of something like yeah. the going over the bridges on the way to um, base camp. You know, yeah, a lot of people are yeah. afraid of those and, and we can't make the bridges any, lower or closer to the ground for you all we can do is try and get your mindset in a way that that's no longer going to be a barrier for you and yeah. it's the same about you know will i go will i be too slow on the base camp trip well we don't necessarily we can't necessarily speed you up if that's your pace but we can help you understand why that might be a good thing and then there's you know the other question am i too old to go well actually we can't make yeah. you any younger at least not yet um but we can help you understand that what trekking is like, what trekking at altitude is like, and why age is irrelevant largely. You know, yeah. it more, it, it's more I to agree. do with the mindset and whether you believe you can do it or not. And that is probably 99% of the journey is, is the, is the self-belief. And it can yeah. be a huge part of what you guys got to go through in order to prepare for the trips, you know, is that self-belief and thinking, is this something that I can do or can everybody do it? I guarantee you, there are probably ever trackers now listening to this who at some point in their life, never, ever thought they'd go to base camp, but now they've been to base camp and now they're like the old hats. They're the veterans giving their, the other people advice. And that's <laughs> the kind of perspective we wanted to talk about really. Yeah. Well, it's huge, isn't it? I mean, Dave, I, I know when we first, uh, you know, way back when, uh, probably what, 2015, 2016, when uh, you, you, I went to Everest Base Camp and I came back and you went, geez, Anne's been to Everest Base Camp. Right, you know, and it encouraged you to kind of proverbial kick at the backside to go, right? You know, it yeah. was, 
you know, you thought, well, okay, it's it's, it's achievable, it's reachable now, um, because if someone like Andy can do it, you know, I know he wasn't, <laughs> but you know, just just a, a normal bloke, really, um, you know, not necessarily a triathlete, not a superhero, nothing like that, um, but he reached something that I wanted to do. Essentially, that's what you're thinking, right? Yeah, I know exactly. we've had loads of conversations since, and uh, you know, it's I've seen that loads of times, Dave. You said there you, about you ever trackers who at one point in their life, you know, thought, you know, about Everest and it was something that some, somebody else did. And then when they've actually done it, they're like, oh, holy crap, I'm that person. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, I find that really inspiring. And, you know, there's a few things, you know, whilst we're covering, um, you know, mountain mindset, I think something I've learned and, and a few things that maybe gave me the, the kick, I, I certainly, you know, you get that big, say you've got a big to-do list for example just as you know just trying to use metaphors here and it seems like uh, unsurmountable because there's like you know 40 things on the list you have so many so much time and you know something i i find really valuable is is obviously breaking that down a little bit breaking it into sections and i think if we we look at a trip when you're looking at it okay you've got maybe uh, 11 11 days say eight days to get to every space campus use that as an example and you're thinking, geez, you know, it's, it, it can feel a long way. Now, I know a lot of you on here, um, you know, previous Evertrekkers. I mean, if there's anyone on here who hasn't been to Everspace Camp yet, you know, um, think of it. Instead of getting thinking, wow, OK, that's really difficult. I always find that breaking things down into sections, whether it's a to-do list, you know, it'd be a lot easier if it was only three things I had to do today. Um, and the same goes with with a challenge like Base Camp or Killy or Machu Picchu or any challenge that you can do. If you break it down into small chunks. I mean, I've said this before, you know, I think last year um, I did a little video around Mental Health Week. Uh, sorry, previous year. And, um, you know, I, I spoke about some people getting uh, kind of thinking, oh, my God, I've got so much to do. It's, it's, you know, can I do that? When you break it down into sections, my, oh, my, does it become more achievable? Um, and I think if, if you could do that, and I, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm teaching people to suck eggs here because it seems quite a simple thing. And look, a lot of the things we talk about are simple and simple things done right. Uh, can be uh, making a difference and that's one of the things you know don't think okay wow that's, that's bloody hard break it down um you know you'd be surprised what you can do by doing that yeah um, um just like in some of the comments here so julie yeah. i like age is irrelevant uh good it is totally irrelevant yeah um i went to base camp in october 2019 with um uh guy dave balmont uh 72 and he was, um, yeah, yeah, he was one, one of the just, and what was striking about him, and, and maybe this comes with age, you know, is that he didn't have any of the anxieties or the competitiveness or the yeah. sort of angst that you kind of find in, in perhaps some younger people. You know, maybe he had the experience of his years and was there just to do, just experience the trip. And he kind yeah. of just, he went at his own pace. He got to base camp and back perfectly fine and healthily. He experienced everything he wanted to. <laughs> um and yeah at uh, 72 years of age you know and i was amazed i mean not that i dated him from the beginning but there were other people in the group who were like 20 30 years younger than him who struggled a lot more um yeah. so yeah that guy uh props to dave man doing it at 72 but it really did that that's all brought it home to me was like you know what it's like he didn't go there with any of the baggage and sure his knees probably hurt a bit more than he let on and he was a bit achy in the cold mornings and stuff like that but that's just part of part of it you know it's it's eight days um, or 11 days trekking out of your life you know he'd soon be back home in his comfortable little house and stuff like that but he was happy to be there and enjoy the challenge and i think that was one of the things that struck me about him was just his mindset you know just that yeah free of worry free of angst living in the moment doing everything right of course and taking it seriously but you know free of unnecessary worry and it made a massive difference to him it, it does bring that perspective into it as well doesn't it dave i know we've we've talked about this before and you know yeah seeing someone you know like like dave who you know 72 um yeah where well, there's people who dave you know, Bauman, by the way dave Bauman, dave. sorry yeah he's 72 i'm i'm 38 so. <laughs> are you sure yeah. dave yeah 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 well i don't know I mean, I can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Um, no, it's, it's it's massively inspiring. Um, it certainly gives you a kick of the backside when uh, you know you're having one of those days, and it might not be as much motivation as as as, uh, as other days. Um, and I don't know if any of you saw my post or um, email I sent out this morning around uh, you know about speed and speed's not really important. You know, forward is forward essentially. And I know that um, 
whether Dave or some of our other trekkers like Alan Smith, I think it was <clears throat> similar sort of age, um, you know, going there, just moving small bits at a time. You know, you realize how far you get sometimes. And you're not, as, you're, not, you're not as fast as the other guys and you don't need to keep up with them, especially your altitude. I mean, if there's one thing in altitude, as slow coaches, it's brilliant. <laughs> you know, I like I, I go hiking uh, at sea level, um, especially with uh, a good old great Belgetti John, who was fast. On a sea level, he is quick in the mountains, and it's great. And I've been with fast, um, fast people, um, but our altitude is a real leveler, yeah. and it's great because um, you know if you want to hang in the back and have a good time, take pictures, enjoy yourself because it's all a journey, and it's all about the journey. Um, you know that's what why altitude's so fun because you it's it's, it's a real level playing field, and uh, actually the slower you go, the better it is, uh, and the better you acclimatize. So you know I, I don't want to um, harp on about that too much, but I want everyone to remember that speed is is nothing altitude. Okay, if you're climbing Everest and you've got to get up and down a certain time, that's fine. But we're not climbing Everest right now. We're going to Everest Base Camp or we're going to Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And we need to um, take our time and go slow, enjoy it, enjoy the journey. And uh, yeah, that, that, I'm sure you'll have an awesome time. And you have less altitude issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, which is important. It's funny, uh, Joel Palmer said, 38, Dave. I just spat my coffee all over my screen. <laughs> I'm hoping that's because you're like, you're like, oh, my God. Like, he's 38. There's hope for us all. You know, um, <laughs> however, I, I, I do suspect it was more like the other way. <laughs> but um, You never but yeah, know. Um, you never know. Maybe, maybe Joel can, can say. But, Dave, before we go any further, I know we've got um, uh, a couple of couple of little prezzies for you on the live. Okay. So I will just pass them over to you if you can okay is, it, is this the right place? No, okay yep yep and it, yeah. here, we here we go, go. so first one i've got here nice that was smooth one and that was seamless first one i've got here which what is um, obviously <laughs> being a trekker is a traveling place and um it's quite an interesting i don't know if i can read all these out um but it's a map a world map of all the rude place names in the world um so I mean, uh, a couple, like, uh, couple of couple of ones. They, 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 I just want to point out these are wearing these are legitimate places. Okay, so don't blame Might me. Might be worth spelling these out because of the sound. Just take it up with the countries in question because it's <laughs> nothing to do with me. Um, but there's one here. I think it's in Indonesia somewhere. It's Bum Bum Island. There's lots of bums. Uh, there's uh, Anus, uh, Muff Creek. Where's that? <laughs> Uh, that's in Australia, actually. Yeah, okay. there's quite a, right. there's quite a lot of them in Australia, Leo. I wonder if you know live anywhere near here. So, um, um, there's Peculiar Knob, <laughs> uh, Butt Street. Um, yeah, okay. Cat Dingleberries is quite good. I think that's in Alaska. I was going to um, say, is that, yeah, I was going to say, sounds sounds American. Yeah, there, there's um, there's one in Canada, which is um, it's actually I think they missed this. Hey, I think it should be in Nepal. It's called Ragged Ass Road, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that should be in Nepal. But um, there you go. I will uh, I will stop for now. All the sensitive ears. Good man, good man. Right, last one, fun. Dave. Last one, because this is this is the kind of the, the best one. I just there we, right, go. There we go. So I'll this is it. Um, basically, the only. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, this is my uh, my cycling pizza cutter. Um, obviously, it's the only type of bike I can ride at the moment, um, and it combines two of my great things, which is pizza and bicycles. Um, and you know, at least this way, I can carb load for when I'm back on the bike by eating pizza and still get a ride out of it. So yeah, very nice. Well, Dave, um, you know, I, I, you know, we we never want to rub anything in here, Evertrek, but um, yeah, I know, I know you can't you can't go on the other bike right now. So yeah, hope you're enjoying that one, mate. Yeah, no, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it combines two of my most favorite things, which is riding a bicycle and pizza. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that is literally the closest that I can get. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess what we'll have to do is um, at some point, I may, maybe every live I'll read out a couple more um, naughty place names from my uh, from here. But, well, anyone um, else, share, share. If you've ever been to any interesting or funny name places, um, share them. We'd love to hear them. Cause, uh, yeah, Cat's you know, Dingleberries is my, is my favorite. I'm going to retire to Cat's Dingleberries. I'd probably order but something lane. order yeah butt lane um yeah did the pizza come with one pet brilliant <laughs> actually actually do you know what it does come with? it comes with a john that tows it along this way you know so um brilliant. yeah it was great no it's been a good day also i've got some yum yums as well so you know it's nice i'm not it's not gonna be a healthy in day today um well, but, Dave, yeah. you can have a day off mate it's fine you know um a day enjoy. off what Enjoy. I was going to say a day off Sorry. eating unhealthily is what I need. <laughs> um, I was going to say a day off your bike, but um, you know you got. 
Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, you got to go laugh, go laugh. Every person I see now, I don't know if any of you have seen the video. I don't. I think I put it on my Instagram, so some of yeah. you might have seen it. But um, basically, everywhere I go now, everyone says, "John, John, John," <laughs> because obviously that's what I was crying when I fell off my bike. But I'm oh, sorry. But mate, um, mate, it sounded, it sounded, yeah. I, it's weird because internally, you know, me, me and Dave got this thing. We always laugh at each other. We fall over or inhale pasties. Uh, Dave, and or, uh, the Adventure Travel Show, yeah, inhaling it. It was a, it was actually a gourmet sort of sausage roll, if you remember, but it was really flaky pa- uh, pastry on it. And as Andy was talking to a customer, I took a bite and I just I just breathed in sharply for some reason and and, and <laughs> inhaled like pastry into my lungs. Nearly died. Couldn't breathe for ages. It like spasmed. And um, yeah, I looked over and Andy was uh, crying with laughter at the fact that I nearly I died. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't help it, Dave. Obviously, I knew you were okay. You know, we had to make sure you're okay first. But um, we uh, <laughs> we do like to laugh at other people's demise, don't we, Dave? But anyway, yeah. um, right, Dave. Yeah, hope you enjoy your prezies, mate. Um, yeah, thank you very much. No worries. But, well, should we crack on with some questions? Yeah, why not? Yeah, so we've had a few uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. come in. I noticed there was one about um, – I'll tell you what, I'll answer it really quickly because it, I, I know the answer. Is Marky V. Um, yes. said his, his main double tans and the Superfeet Trailblazers have arrived, but they're a bit tight. I'll be honest with you. My mandles were a bit tight as well. They actually feel quite snug on the on the wide, on the width of the foot. Um Two things I'll say, they do get easier because they're leather boots, they will stretch them more. And you know, as you bend the leather and it sort of widens with a with a the foot sort of bends, they will widen slightly. I yeah. never noticed any rubbing, even though they perhaps were a bit tight, I never noticed any rubbing. Um, because I think they've they've got that memory foam around the upper and stuff like that. So um if it were me, I'd persevere, but please don't I, I don't want to encourage you to keep a 200 pair of boots if they if they don't fit right. So if they don't yeah. fit right, obviously, you know, you, you make your own call. From my experience with them, yes, they were a bit tight for me as well. I tend to have a broader foot, um, but they did loosen up the more I use them, and they never rubbed even during that wearing in period. Um, hopefully that helps. Yeah, but, just jump in as well, Dave, because um, I, I, obviously I got a pair of manual boutons. Um, great boot, Mark, great boot. I, I, I remember, yeah, when I first wore them the first couple of hikes, they were a bit cosy. And I did get the the, the, the insoles, um, which which made a hell of a difference for me. More, um, it was it was kind of length, um, just because I, I probably it was probably half a half size too big. But they're they're fine now, um, and I found that by by treating them, um, you can buy. Um, I bought some sort. Of, I think it's uh, it's specific from Mangle. Um, I, I forgot the exact name, but essentially it sort of waxes them because they're leather. Um, and yeah, after a while, then they kind of do you know they do sort of spread out a little bit yeah um yeah so definitely if you if you can get that i forgot forgot the name of it now but it's made by mainle and it's actually treatment that you can buy direct from them it was actually via amazon so you can just have a little look on amazon type mainle obviously the bhutans will come out but so all the accessories and stuff um definitely have a look at that um dave i got one for (laughs) let's have a look uh who we got i'll tell you what quick one um Deirdre McDonald's asked, uh, do you have to have a COVID vaccine, COVID vaccine to go on your trips? Um, no. So Deirdre, I mean, when, when it comes to coming on our trips, it's not something that will be, um, you know, a necessity. Essentially, it, it, it's in terms of traveling to the destination. It you know, depends on the country you're coming from and what the rules are from there, from coming out, leaving, depending on what country you're going to. So, for instance, in the UK, we've... Um, uh, obviously got the upcoming i think later this week is the um the green amber red situation so if you're on green i think it's just a, t- a pcr test before and after you come back um no quarantine now if it's amber same but with uh, quarantine at home and then red um is quarantine at a hotel um which is quite a lot of money uh, this is coming into the uk now um but then obviously the countries you go into will have their own um requirements i think by the time we run trips I'd like to think that most of this is gone. Most of this will be re- relaxed a little bit. Um, you know, that so that won't really be a decision. I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're always, uh, you know, talk about free, you know, free decisions. And we don't want to say, okay, you know, sort of stop people from going on trips by, because if you decide you don't want it, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, me and Dave have had it and, and we're always like, oh, we're on that side of the fence that, you know, we think you should, but obviously we, you know, we're all adults and we all make our own decisions. Um, you know, we we feel that's the best way to to kind of try and uh, get rid of this thing. 
Um, but yeah, essentially on our trips, we won't say like, if you haven't had it, you're not allowed. We won't, won't be like that. It's just depending on the country you're coming from and you're arriving into. And if that's, you know, if you, and then if you're, if you're allowed and we can run trips, then obviously you can come on our trips and we'd love to have you with us. Um, cause certainly, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, we never envisaged this going on for so long and we know it's really frustrating and, you know, we've been planning for when we can, you know, all the, all the, the times we've been doing these lives, you know, we can't wait to actually go on these trips and, and yeah. you know, the mountains. I know we can obviously do it in the UK or whatever we are, uh, whether you're in Knobs Creek and, you know, with Leah with, um, in Australia, wherever you are, um, you know, there's, yeah, we want to get back to the real mountains. Um, yeah. so hopefully that's soon, but yeah, I hope exactly. that answers your question a little bit. Awesome. On to something more serious and peeing in the night at the TS. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Joel has said, he was got, he's got some rab quilted down slippers. Um, okay, they're really brilliant, Joel. For the love of all this holy, don't wear them to any toilets in the tea lodges. Um, the floors are not just wet, they're well, they're not with pee, the, the, the sort of moisture, and also the yeah. way you flush them is manually by pouring water down them. That gets everywhere. I always bring a pair of sliders, and that's all I wear pretty much in and around the tea house. Just some sliders, keep those, um those quilted down slippers in your sleeping bag, don't take them out of there, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't walk around the lodges at all with those type of things. Yeah, Some people do, don't great. they? I, I, we have seen them maniacs, before, right? maniacs, maniacs, yeah, maniacs, yeah, <laughs> maniacs do. I wouldn't. I would not walk around like you. No, that'd be just rough. I know there's um, people on here who have worn them. I'm not going to name names, but I yeah, know, well, um, no, I mean, yeah. I've got nothing against them. You know, wearing them in the room, wearing them in your tent, and stuff like that. But um, if you know, if we're yeah. talking about specifically going to a toilet, um, they're in the tea house. On the EBC track, I wouldn't wear anything soft and quilted. I wouldn't nothing absorbent. <laughs> you know, if you want something that's wiped downable, really. Uh, I, I see yeah. Joel went for a nice pun as well about kneeling, Dave. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, I guess I could always kneel down. Um, yeah, to be honest, mate. Yeah, if you, uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, just okay. clarify. You mentioned sliders, Dave. Um, I know. Obviously, you call them that, but they're they're pretty much flip flops. Uh, aren't they but they're they're, they're the type of instead of having it where it goes through they come over your feet right yeah it's just like i mean flip-flops sandals basically you just slide your feet into them you know <laughs> nothing goes between the toes or anything that's why they call them sliders because you just slide in yeah yeah nice, nice and easy nice and I easy got, slide i got in. a bit of adidas ones i've had for about 12 years they don't they don't die they're just made of plastic and rubber so yeah, yeah. i've had them about 12 years now and they've been i think every trip to the himalaya every trip to Tanzania, yeah, they're they're my they're like my uh, probably more trips than any of my other kit to be honest. The sliders, I certainly don't. Um, yeah, I, I I remember it's quite vividly seeing Dave in socks and sliders, and I was like, Dave, you in the seventies? Socks and sliders, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll rock socks and sliders casually. <laughs> you know, like um, yeah, lo, 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 got lots of time for socks and sliders. You know? <laughs> my um, or as you Shona know, says, pool shoes. That's probably a good. That's that's, that's a good good example of what they are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I always say never, um, you know, don't don't look to me for any fashion advice ever. You know, I am socks and sliders, you know, white socks in shorts, you know, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, mate, what is next? So we got um, uh, Michelle Vickers. Uh, I thought I'd answer this one, Dave. Uh, my middle son wants to do the Everest trip. Awesome. Uh, what is the youngest age you allow? So essentially, you know, we've had people who are, who are younger than, say, uh, 16 who have been on our trip. Um, we always like to have sort of a chat first, just just because the, you know, I know some sort of 12, 14 year olds who are like super fit into walking, you know, for them, I'd say Everest Base Camp is is totally achievable, you know, but then I've, you know, I've got family and I've got, you know, say 12 years old, 14 years old. And I think, yeah, that's no chance, um, you know, they, they need to do a little bit more, but I, I hate to, to stop um, and say no to anyone. So, yeah, let, let's have a chat about it. I'd love to sort of see, you know, what age. Um, I mean, we normally say that if, if they're, we do say if they're under 18, they do have to go with an adult. Um, you know, so we have had people who have been uh, a 16 year old who came with his dad and his two brothers. Um, God, God, Alan, uh, absolutely come back with us to do uh, now that 16 year old is now 18 and wants to do Island Peak. So, yeah, um, certainly it is uh, 100% something to definitely have a conversation around. Um, yeah, just drop us a little, uh, drop us a message, info at evertrek.co.uk, and we can have a chat about that um you know maybe a bit of background and, and and about you know how they how we can make that happen for you definitely yeah awesome 
Um, yeah, uh, we've had one from. Yeah. So Tom Massetto says, uh, "Does Evertrek organise a three peak Yorkshire challenge?" Um, no, we don't. However, um, I would point out that a few of the Evertrekkers on there that have met via the. Um, the high altitude group have been sort of self-organizing some trips. Yeah. It's not, it's nothing we're organizing, but you know, you guys ever trackers are getting together. I think um, Ramona, Diane, Jerome, a few others as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you, you'll see their names on this list. Um, so yeah, just drop them a message and get in touch with them. I think they mainly do it in the peak district and stuff. In fact, do they call themselves the peak district gang? Um, peaky climbers, wasn't it? So peaky I can't climbers, remember now. Peak district <laughs> clan. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, if you want to go hiking with something like that, then yeah, go with those guys. Um, but yeah, so drop them a message. Like I said, we, uh, don't bother messaging us. We're not, we don't run them. I don't, um, hopefully I'll be able to join one sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. yeah, it'd be great to check with some of the other trekkers, but no, drop, um, drop those guys a bit of a message and, uh, yeah, Tom, they'll, I'm sure they'll, uh, sort you out. Yeah. We've, um, I mean, over the last few years, you know, we've, because we're, you know, we're high altitude specialists. That's, that's, that's what we don't, you know, that's where we come from. That's our bread and butter. Um, you know, obviously because of the restrictions and because of the, um, uh, the demand as such, we've tried to obviously do some, some things in the UK, uh, mainly from a training perspective, you know, for, for the bigger challenges, um, you know, and, a, and a, yeah, Yorkshire three peaks challenge, you know, the international three peaks challenge, the Welsh three peaks challenge, there's lots of challenges out there. Um, you know, we are running some training weekends, which are slightly different. Uh, they're more of sort of getting the Evertrekkers together and to kind of show them our way. Essentially, it's like a Tuesday tuning on throughout the whole weekend uh, whilst doing some hiking in the beautiful Brecon Beacons. So that's kind of um, what we organise. But, yeah, we, we have noticed, you know, we've had messages from people who are organising things sort of separately. Um, you know, and, it, and it, there was there was a couple of a uh, couple of times people like um, booking in because it obviously someone wants to use the Evertrekker, which is fine. And we understand that, you know, because we we. we People love to be part of the community and they're using our, our name. But we had to kind of taper it a little bit because then we get people saying, oh, you're organising this, you're organising this. And we have to, for clarity, try to have that degree of separation, you know, um, just so uh, people don't think that we're organising that. Because, you know, our, we're, when it comes to, uh, you know, the trips, essentially, the high altitude stuff is is where we, um, you know, that's our, our domain. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously, drop us a message, guys. I mean, you know, we're we're open and transparent about all this stuff. So, you know, if you want um, to know anything about that, we'll put you in touch with the guys. I know, yeah, Ramona, um, Jerome, obviously, organising certain things. Um, I know we've got a lot of Evertrekkers who are also mountain guides um, themselves and, you know, always out and about. I think he's a Andy Whale, a great part of the community, um, you know, and, uh, you know, has, has, has taken people before. So, but obviously not part of us, but part of the community. And, you know, we'll definitely pass your your deets on, um, you know, if you want to go on those. Because at the end of the day, if it's Evertrekkers meeting Evertrekkers, brilliant, uh, you know. And hopefully, yeah, exactly. you know, every now and again, we, we we see you guys on the mountains, you know, off, this is time, you know, time off the training weekends or trips or anything. And we, you know, we hike with people and it's great. We love it. Um, if we're out at the same time, brilliant. Um, you know, we love the mountains just as much as you guys. But uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely drop them a message. I can see, uh, was it Escape to the Peak District Gang? like that. Awesome. Does sound like a dodgy gang, but I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, right, Dave. What, what's the what's the next question, mate? Uh, I'm just going to peek through. Look now. So, um, yeah. any recommendations? Uh, so, Kath Jones, any recommendations for boots for really narrow feet? Um, okay. Really narrow. Depends how narrow. Like I said, the Mandel Boutans are not particularly that wide, um, but you also might want to try. I know La Sportiva, um, uh, pretty narrow. Um, I think. Also, some people have ordered some narrow um, from uh, what's the name now? Joyce, oh my god, Hanwag. Hanwag. I think it's called yeah. Hanwag. I th I've heard some people using those um, Hanwags as like narrower, um, slightly narrower boots. Um, to be honest, my my advice would be um, play around with. Don't just think of the boots. I always think boots come in sort of boots, and then I look for a good insole as well. Yeah. By combining, because really will, um, you know, boots off the shelf come with a good enough insole. Um, so try those different combinations and also try loads of different boots as well. Um, because I have found with boot sizing that broad, narrow is a little bit subjective, you know, so it all depends on what the um, the manufacturers and the, the brands think is broad and narrow. So yeah, try. I felt like I want to start singing Molly Malone there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> street broad and narrow. Sorry, Ramona. <laughs> I know, Dave. I, I realised um, uh, over the, what was it a few days ago now. We're in the van, 
And um, yeah, you really like that um, that music, right? Was it uh, what they called again? The the High Kings. Oh, there's the High Kings, which are more modern, and, and the Dubliners. Yeah, I, I, the Dubliners. I, I, yeah. I, do you know what? It's really weird. It was just um, I've never I've never been to Ireland. It's uh, great, great. I can't believe that. It's, I know it's 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 one of my um, it's on my bucket list. It is big time on my bucket list, and it's one I'll probably do this year. Um, but yeah, no, love the uh, sort of Irish folk music, Dublin and stuff like that. Listening to it for the last I don't know twenty years. Yeah, I was like, brilliant. Um, mate, get a lot of love for your um, socks and sandals. Uh, you know, hashtag p- uh, passion killers. I think Dave Rimington has said, but um, you know, get a lot of love for it. There's a few people on on board with it. I think um, Andy uh, wants to do it. So not not me, different Andy. Um, there's a few out there, mate. Yeah, yeah. so there we go. I, I think uh, Andy McNaughton Joe said he's wearing mm-hmm. socks with uh, Adidas sliders right now. Man, a man after my own heart, clearly. And uh, you know, passion killers is fine by me too. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 all good, you know. I I stopped wearing clothes for fashion and um, you know, peacocking a long time ago. Now I'm I'm more about uh, form and uh, function. Now that sort form of thing. Um, Brilliant. But yeah, I think Ramona's just um, you know fallen backwards off her chair that I've never been to Ireland. So um, yeah, Ramona. <laughs> if you want, you know, I, I I don't know why it is. It's one of those you know how people like they have these kind of obsessions with places, but they never seem to get there for some reason. Yeah. Like Ireland's one of mine. I want to visit West Cork. Um, I want to go to all the big cities as well and do some new pubs. But if you have any uh, recommendations for me um, or any other Irish, drop me a message. Nice. Well, Dave, I'm going to go on to uh, some other ones. I think someone, I think Stephen Warner only just joined. Um, so, yeah, any advice on tapering off exercise before a big event? Yeah, so any, any adventure. Um, obviously, if you're doing uh, any challenges, uh, you know, in the UK, anything like that, or if you're going to, say, Everest Base Camp or, or Killy, yeah, certainly we, we always advise, I'd say, you know, a week or two before you go, uh, try and taper that off because you don't want to get any last-minute injuries, you know, and, seen it before people get you know obviously it's very frustrating um you know if you've got an injury before you go uh yes yeah, it can be super frustrating so yeah just taper it off so if you are training um you know if you're say eight weeks six weeks out just try and kind of gently do less and less as you get towards your date um yeah. and then you know you got you're ready for your trip then um you know you get some people who don't really do much training at all turn up and you know okay it's hard uh, they find it really hard, but then they they still do it. You know, we go back to what we we talked about at the beginning of this, which is around um, you know having having strong mind, strong heart, um, and yeah, they they they've they done it. But yeah, with regards to training, just to answer your question, yeah, definitely taper that off a week or two before you go. Awesome. Um, cat, no, can't pronounce it. Also, Deirdre as well. Awesome. I didn't realise we had such an Irish contingent here. You know, we're going to have to do. Um, I tell you what, I'm gonna have to go over to Ireland and we'll do an Ireland special or something like that. You That's know? good. Um, but yeah, that. loads of recommendations. I can't. I know it's a sacrilege that I haven't been. Um, it's been one of those places that I've wanted to go to pretty much all my life, and I just never find an opportunity to go. But I need to make it an opportunity. This is another mindset thing for me. I want to go. I should yeah, go. Yeah. I should make plans and set it up. Um, so yeah, one of my big I'm, things, mate. Pick that's what one thing about pick these sliders that's coming up. Uh, maybe Leah can confirm this. Uh, maybe uh, Andy, you've done a bit of traveling. Do Australians call like flip flops thongs? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah I think Leah, Leah thongs, can yeah. confirm. Yeah, anything that sort of I don't know goes between something might be a thong. I don't know. Well, it's either a budgie smuggler or a thong. They oh, nice. Yeah, that, things. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, so well, any other questions we've got at the minute? So, Leah yeah. again, uh, just got a severe weather warning. Uh, we guys, uh, uh, honestly, there's enough bad weather in Wales to share around, Leah. It's about time you had some. Um, uh, yeah, and then Stephen Warner only just joined. Sorry, any advice on tapering off exercise? Just go back about five seconds, ten seconds, and Andy will answer that one. <laughs> because I just read it out again. That's all right. Um, yeah, are there any bad storms on Killy? Dave, I remember before um, when we, the night before we went, uh, we climbed Killy February last yeah. year. Um, it, they had like 40, 50 miles an hour winds, didn't they? It can happen. Um, yeah, it was um, it can we had a real, real bad storm, a lightning storm. So we were at. Yeah. Um, uh, not Karanga. No, it was Karanga, I think, just before Barafu. Um, and we were above the clouds looking up at the summit. And there was, it was like a Pink Floyd concert in the tent. Like the tent was lighting yeah. up with the lightning flashes, really, really high winds. 
Um, and apparently around 50% of the people that went for the summit that night actually turned back. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful for us because the lightning lighting up the sky with the clouds below and above, it was stunning. But luckily yeah. when we went there, we caught the tail end of that storm. So although we had really high winds, it wasn't, um, it, it, if anything, it just made it slightly more awesome. It was like, it felt more epic somehow, um, but it wasn't as bad as the night before. But yeah, you can get pretty bad storms on Killy. Most of the time, not. Probably it'll just get rain yeah. showers. It's, you know, it's got its own sort of microclimate. So it, it does rain most afternoons. But, um, you know, I wouldn't worry yeah. too much about the badness, the bad storms. No, and I think, uh, you know, we always take a, a sort of educated approach to it, um, you know, and, and the guides will make a decision. I mean, ultimately, obviously, safety is key. But, um, you know, going up to, uh, you know, going up something in Kilimanjaro, what was we talking about Kilimanjaro? You need to um, wave at Jerome. Essentially. Oh, the lesser spotted Yeti. <laughs> the, that's the lesser spotted there Yeti. There you are, Jerome. Hopefully you're happy. <laughs> that's as much um, as anyone sees of Jen. We keep her locked away in this room, coming up with strategies. Yeah, keep, keep, her, keep her in. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, sorry, where were we? Uh, yeah, we were talking about Kili. Uh, you know, and, and the wind and the weather, you know, your guide will ultimately have the, the decision on to, okay, guys, it's too bad. We've got to turn back or, uh, you know, we, we, we obviously don't want to make that decision, but always safety first. Um, and I think that's why even, you know, they got unlucky the previous night with that wind. It was, you know, it, you're talking 50 miles an hour up there. It's cold as well. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty difficult, but you know, we, it, it, obviously these are the mountains. These are the challenges we, we take on. It can't always be a summer's day. It can't yeah. always be beautiful. I mean, um, that's why the mountains are challenging and dangerous, and that's why we love them. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's sort of another question about toilets has come through. There's also one okay. on sunglasses, but I'll pass that to you in a second, Dan. So, okay. uh, Rebecca Papillons, et, I can't remember, Papillons, does that mean butterfly? I think it's um, Papillon. Anyway, yeah. yeah, Rebecca. Um, you saw this question asked before, but what happens when you need to do the loo on the way to EBC? Are there places to stop on the way, or is it a case of having to find a place behind a rock? So, you yes. have at least guaranteed two options every day when you wake up in the morning at the lodge and when you finish in the late or early afternoon at the lodge. Um, actually, three. And then also where you have lunch during the day. So there's three options every single day at the start, in the middle, and at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, now, if you are caught short, if you have a bit of the Nepalese napalm, as we call it, and you've got a, you've got a fine run, it's what I call doing a wildie. So, um, you know, you have to find a secluded spot, put some effort into your chosen spot. This is something I've become a little bit of an expert at is because if you see a rock or a particular bush that looks like it would be a perfect place to go to the toilet, 400 people have already decided before you <laughs> yeah. and it's a dark, dark experience. So really put some effort in, go, go that extra 10 yards past that rock and find another one, you know, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and you'll you'll do it. But honestly, you you can say to your guides at any time, you know, I really need to go to the toilet, and they can kind of help you with it, make sure you know it's secluded and stuff like that. And um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, you've got three guaranteed points a day where you can have a toilet. Yeah, exactly, Dave. Exactly. Um, one thing, uh, Lorna Howard. Uh, hey, Lorna. Uh, if the trip doesn't sell out, is there a minimum that is needed for the trip to go ahead? Um, no, on, on especially in Nepal, um, Kilimanjaro, Tubkal. Machu Picchu. There are certain ones where we're open up soon um, that that might have that because of the the place where you're at. Um, like if there's any sort of proper expeditions, like we're talking about Patagonia rice fields, um, there's some limitations on that. Uh, but essentially, if one person goes on on say you know 99 percent of our trips, um, uh, then it can go ahead. Uh, you know we can run a trip with one person essentially. So I know there's a lot of uh, you know there's a lot of companies out there. Um, that do have that, you know, they're not quite, they call they say guaranteed, but essentially all of our trips guaranteed, you know, because if you book on, obviously you want the group experience and the Evertrek experience. So if that's what you want, uh, when you book in, um, sometimes it'll say like limited availability and we're working on some changes at the moment where it might show the, the, the exact number of people then are available, um, which obviously gives you a bit more indication, but, you know, just drop us a message as well. Um, you know, info at evertrek.co.uk. And if you want to, you know, cause some people, like to go on a trip for different reasons some people don't really mind how big the group is some people if yeah. they go one or two people that's great some people want to have a bigger group you know maybe 10 12 people um you know and that's fine and then we can always sort of say okay this group has got this much you know do you want us to go there um and we can we can we can accommodate that so yeah just let us know you know what what you're after what sort of what sort of journey you're after a lot of people just kind of book on and 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 you know see how it goes um yeah. because they'll have a, an awesome time regardless 
so yeah it just comes down comes down to yourself Lorna but um yeah just to um I suppose lay that concern that if you know if there's only one or two people that will cancel it no we won't do that um, we've had people where it's just one um and you know not a very popular date but someone wants to go on that date um and some of them you know I, I remember a gentleman called Ian Folly don't know if you've been on the high altitude ever trekkers uh, Facebook group and he's on there with some of his pictures um he booked in I think it was like 2017 um when he went with us and you know he was you know it was relatively smaller group saying because we've, we've grown a little bit since uh well a lot since but uh you know he had an awesome time and you know he still talks about how awesome that trip is and you know can't wait to have him back um obviously might might be a bit a uh, bit more pe- few more people on the trips this time yeah um, but yeah laura hope that answers your question yeah awesome um message uh, question from Heidi if you can't summit because of the weather is that it or do you try again so on Killy um on the normal itinerary to be fair it is one and done um we don't really have any contingency days but that's because of the it's highly highly unlikely that there'll ever be a scenario where the weather's so bad in on Kilimanjaro that you can't summit that reference the the storm I referenced earlier people even still summited you know I think it was just perhaps a a little bit overwhelming for some so they turned back but people did make it um there's no sheer drops there's no major exposure so high wind is not that much of a risk because you're not going to be blown off or anything like that it's very broad the path um so yeah it's just loud noisy bit more effort to get there i guess um but yeah so it, it is planned that um yeah one day for summit on kilimanjaro is more than enough to give us a success rate that is extremely extremely high yeah. um yeah i mean i guess you could always go back down extend your flight and go back up again you just got to drop us an email you know yeah exactly i mean with a yeah you're talking about very very rare i mean geez yeah we're killy um I'm, i mean relatively new to us you know um you know only sort of year and a half really been in terms of trips um but you know in terms of the history of it you know speaking to and doing the research um very rare that it'll happen and yeah. again it comes down to how the teams manage as well i mean we're always quite relatively small groups say small groups you know less than 12 um but that makes it a bit easier to manage then um you know and instead of having sort of 30 40 people to look after on the mountain which you know bad weather yeah as you can imagine when there's a bigger pool of people you get people who just yeah okay weather i'm done Whereas most of the time, I'd say, um, you know, generally, you know, you get a lot of ever trekkers who are quite hardcore, uh, who like that, you know, the, the wind, the weather, the snow. Um, you know, if you're from certain parts of the world, you're used to that anyway. Um, certainly, certainly we get a lot of rain in Wales. So anything else, a bonus, really. Um, but yeah, some people just love that. But look, we, we, we certainly don't want to push you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, um, we, we won't force you up there. Um, it's your own decision. But we'll uh, we'll obviously help you, and if it's something you really want to do, I think um, I saw a message earlier from Jerome about um, I, I think one of his comments about sort of didn't really visualise the summit. Essentially, it was more you know he just went and, and enjoyed it and did the summit. Um, but I think you know it certainly comes down to, to the individual. I would yeah. say you know just uh, very rare, very rare that would happen. Uh, even we were surprised. You know, people turning back. We didn't, we don't hear about that for weather on Killy. No, um, mainly it's altitude. You know, if you've got people who just haven't acclimatized, um, but that's why we go the long way so we can limit that. Um, yep. When it comes to you know, we go the long way so you climatize better. Still difficult, you know, because you're almost at six thousand meters here. You can't get away from that, but um, you know, it gives you the best chance uh, and it's got the highest success rate. So, yeah, if you're if you're with us, um, you know, you, you should be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, Paul Meacher, how's it going, Paul? Hopefully you're doing well. Has asked, uh, is it possible to pay extra go on your own with just one guide? On Kilimanjaro, I mean, you could potentially do it, but it's, in my opinion, it's better to go as a group. You'd always have more than just you and the guide. So um, even if there is just one person on a trip, there'll always be one guide, one assistant guide, at least one porter carrying the bag. Um, On Kilimanjaro, it's a lot uh, easier to send a group just because also you have to bring more porters to carry the kitchen tent the toilet tent all the cooking stuff so it's not very economical it doesn't make much economical sense for anyone to do it with just one person um so the additional cost of getting all that up there might be a little bit um you know unnecessary um but, i mean if someone really wanted to do it i guess it could be it could be, it could be done but there would always be at least you a guide an assistant guide a porter a cook um so yeah i don't know if the actual like one-to-one experience is really an option on kilimanjaro just given the nature of what it takes to get up and down that mountain yeah nice i, I think um 
I think with Paul, he's he's doing the Everest uh, Everest Base Camp. Oh, um, for EBC. Okay, yeah. I know it's slightly different there, Dave, isn't it? Yeah, it's slightly different on EBC. EBC's um, week is more. It's a lot easier to do sort of one sort of individuals um, because then we can do a, probably a guide, a porter, maybe an assistant guide. Um, but because you've got the tea houses at everyone, it's a lot simpler to do. It's, you can you can just go in a much smaller group. So that is definitely more realistic than Kilimanjaro. Um, you know, drop me an email. We can talk more about it. Um, yeah, definitely. I one yeah. question about the sunglasses, and I don't think we've done it, did we? Okay, uh, oh, sorry, mate. Uh, who was it? Any uh, somewhere around here? I can't remember who asked it. <laughs> and if okay, Kelly Taylor. Also, any recommendations for sunglasses that won't require me to sell an organ? <laughs> so sunglasses when you go in Killy or EBC there is um a school of thought that says you know that getting them with a really uh with with, with strong uv protection for the eyes is a really good idea Beautiful. um so the are really good um yeah. they're sort of designed for people who go on to mountains glacier travel that sort of thing so they really do protect the eyes very well depending on how much you jubblos you can buy from around 60 pounds to maybe 150 pounds um but any sunglasses are better than no sunglasses you know so yeah. uh, but it's not it's, even it's more on when you're on the, going to ebc for instance it's when you're on the glacier the, re, the reflection of the sun back up can really make your eyes sore same on kilimanjaro as well the extra uv coming in directly into the eyes is a problem so any sunglasses are better than no sunglasses i recommend jublos you can buy them you know you can get a bargain on ebay i'm sure um, and they offer really, really good protection for the eyes, good lenses as well. So that's what I would recommend. Otherwise, just go for, um, you know, there are loads of different brands out there that offer UV protection and stuff like that. So you can go cheaper if you want to. Um, just yeah. concentrate on the UV protection. I love that. It won't require me to sell an organ. I love that, Kelly. Um, but, yeah, they, they, some of them are very, very decent prices these days. Um, obviously, I know you've got, you've got the specialist ones, which are a few hundred quid um you know which are pricey um you can get some decent ones i mean you know we're always talking about and i, and I get this you know when it comes to you know you've got a budget for certain things but i was thinking i've i've learned this not the hardware i've been quite lucky touch wood um but in my backpacker days i used to just get like a, a pound cool ray-ban fake ray-ban uh, sunglasses somewhere in um a shop in the middle of thailand and, and i used to use those for like the rest of my backpacking days um but then when you go to altitude you realize how strong the sun is and you realize you know that it's so powerful because the air is thinner more uv rays getting in and you're like geez what's this doing to my eyes you know because the first time i went to base camp i think i only had a um uh, again a relatively i think it was like 15 pound sunglasses you know and, and the reason i used to get sort of cheap sunglasses was because uh, my lifestyle you know because i live quite an active lifestyle and was doing something they just got damaged all the time and i thought why can why should i spend a hundred 150 pound on a pair when they're just going to break. Um, and it wasn't until I think about two years ago, I bit the bullet and I bought, um, I think it might've might been these actually. I, I think it was about two years ago before a ski trip. Um, and I noticed the difference now. Um, you know, I feel like your eyes are just healthier. Um, you know, and I know it's a lot of money, hundred pounds, but I see the value now because I, I think, okay, my eyes are safe because they're, they're they, I know they're really good lenses. There's not too much light getting through. So, you know, I'm not straining. Um, I'm not squinting as much, which means I get less of uh, the old wrinkles, you know, uh, which is always a benefit. Um, so, yeah, and, but I understand where you're coming from, you know, in, in terms of, you know, trying to not spend too much money. But sometimes, you know, you have to, to, to look after your body in a way and sunglasses. You know, like I said, I've, um, I, I'm have i flipped now. I'd rather spend more money on those than, say, a pair of trousers. I'd rather get a cheaper pair of trousers, knowing they go on, and rather put some extra dollars towards the sunnies. Yeah. Um, because you you need your eyes, especially in years later. And I, I, I'm kind of learning that now. And um, yeah, for, for me going forward now, I definitely sort of in terms of my budget, I'd, I'd allocate more. It's like we talk about the important things. You've got your down jacket and your hiking boots. I'd spend more of my money on those two things. And I think the sunglasses have definitely become part of those now for me. Yeah. Um, and I know everyone's different, obviously. But uh, yeah, just if, if that helps, Kelly, um, in terms of your decisions. Awesome. Um, Joel Palmer, um, we're getting to the end of the questions, eh, pretty much. Judging by the distance on Killy, do people do it in a few days if they don't suffer from altitude? The difficulty is with that is you don't know if you're going to suffer from altitude or not at the start yeah. of the trip, and you've got to commit to the route 
at the start of the trip. So there are shorter routes uh, that, you know, um, is it was it uh, Marangu and or is that shorter than even again the one that the four or five day one uh the Coca-Cola route yeah Coca-Cola route they call it yeah which is um which is basically a, a really direct route to the summit yeah. it has about a very 50, low yeah about yeah. a 50 percent success rate um so pretty much half of everyone that starts that route won't make it to the summit I hazard a guess that the half that do make it don't feel that great when they get there um so it is possible um but it's not recommended in terms of it it, it dilutes everything so you, your total time experience in the mountain how well you acclimatize how much you enjoy it um it's all you know there, there's no need to rush it and like i said you've got to commit to the route at the beginning and you don't yeah. know if you're going to suffer from altitude so everyone sort of you know gambles a little bit um because it is a little bit of an unknown but you really are sort of seriously gambling on a bad hand if you start on that route and go uh, straight to the top yeah. really quickly so yeah hopefully that that you know covers that yeah nice dave yeah nice uh, a couple a couple of uh questions coming through uh, one that sticks out actually uh, dave rimington is funky dancing mandatory on the last night on ebc yes david it is <laughs> if you've seen uh if you've seen any videos popping around social media yeah it's been photoshops not me or dave yeah. oh i'll be there <laughs> laughing at the pronunciation of root i think root means something else in australia yeah so if I'm right in saying um, I'm off home for a route, um, that would be a little bit rude, I think. <laughs> Maybe Lee can clarify that. You don't know that one, Dave. I don't know. And usually I'm yeah, yeah. I, my Aussie lingo, but I, I, I'm I do. I do. I I think it means um, something else. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerome's off. Cheers, Jerome. Uh, but right, a couple of people join join late. I want to get your questions answered because I can see them dropping in. Stuart Taylor has asked, "Hey guys, uh, look at the jewel bows online. Very few shops sell them." Look at the Explorer 2. Are they one size fits all? Yeah, um, Dave, I know you, you, you've you worn way more. Uh, Root to the spot. Um, yeah, you've worn way more jewel bows than me. But um, yeah, Explorer 2, have you heard of them? Any good one size fits all? Um, I, I, I'm I assuming so. Uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do, guys, is just channel the answer to that one. <laughs> um, and then see if I can um, just have a quick look. Um, Wow, I think I own a pair. <laughs> I think wow. they're the ones I bought in Namshire. Yeah. Um, oh, no, they're not. They're, a diff they're slightly different to the ones I bought in Namshire. Honestly, they will be one size fits all. They're really good. They're actually, I think Jublos are mostly designed to give you like quite good coverage, so they might be quite yeah, yeah. large on the face. I think they are a larger glass, a uh, larger spectacle, but I actually, <coughs> um, I prefer... Um, the larger spectacle so yeah Jublos are pretty pretty true to size um leo has confirmed yeah a short route uh would be a good thing in australia <laughs> brilliant yeah why not always uh well if, if you've been around us for any length of yeah. time you know that we like to take the long route um when it comes to trips um but yeah dave right it's been a cracking hour um yeah on your birthday thanks for for coming and joining us and answering yeah, all always. these questions i hope everyone's enjoyed it today be a little bit of a little bit different, but yeah, heaps of questions. Some great there. Uh, honestly, some funny, funny answers. But look, um, yeah, Dave, you make sure you enjoy the rest of your day now. Yeah, no worries. You yeah, I am. Yeah, time off. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I'm going. I'm going to the hospital. Sorry, some time <laughs> off to visit. <laughs> my job. Yeah, I'm off to the hospital to find out exactly uh, what you damage I'm looking at. So next Tuesday, I'll probably have a further update. So. <laughs> Well, hopefully you're back with us, mate. But uh, you know, maybe maybe you might be chilling after operation. I know you. Hopefully, get it as soon as you can. But uh, right, guys. Um, yeah, we'll finish the Tuesday tune in for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. A little yep. bit around uh, at the beginning around mountain mindset. Hope there's a few nuggets for you there um, that hopefully might make a difference for you in the future. Um, as always, anything you need, drop us an email uh, info at evertrek.co.uk. Drop us a message on Facebook or on the website. You've got a little chat there. Drop us a little message and uh, we can we can obviously help you. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next week. Hopefully by next week we'll have more of an update for especially UK end in terms of um, who's on what lists. Quite excited to see that. Um, I, I think there's no getting around that um, unfortunately with, with certain countries obviously it's quite challenging, but wait and see. But anyway, next, by next week we'll have some bit more news on that. Nice um, but anyway, have a great week. Dave, you have a great birthday. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Awesome. See you guys. Bye. Adios, amigo. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes try to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs> Thank you.